Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Kyla, and you're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Layla, can you open us up in prayer, please? Yes, I can. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your goodness, Lord, and the mercies and the grace that you continue to pour on us, Lord, that is renewed each and every day, Lord. And I ask that you'll equip our minds, Lord, and keep them sound and keep them wrapped up into you, Lord, and to heal everything that's broken, Lord, and to fill those places and those gaps that we may have in our lives, Lord. And I just ask that you will Guide us in this devotional, Lord, and do your word so we can learn and grow to be more like you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our study in 1 Corinthians. We're beginning chapter 10 this morning. And with that, could I get a volunteer to read the first 14 verses, please? Yes. All right, Charles. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became... Now these things became... Our example is to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of us, as some of them also tempted and we and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened as them, to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let, us who, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will be also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, there's a lot there, so we're going to begin by opening the floor to you guys to share what the Holy Spirit has uh, or is speaking to you and to ask any questions that you may have. All right? Okay. So who'd like to begin? Okay, first, the Lord was talking to me about, he wanted me to clarify that verses, um, verses 7 and 8 are two different, yeah, 7 and 8 are two different examples, the, they ate and drank the rose of the plate, that's in Exodus when they made the golden calf, and the last one went twenty. 
23,000 followers when the issue lights were in numbers and they're having babies with the midi midnight. Mid. Mo. One second. I'm ready. Numbers 25, 1 through 9. Okay. With the Moabites. Okay, what else? And I just wanted to ask a question. When Paul says, but with most of them, God was not, was not well pleased for their bias were scattered in the wilderness. Um, the, is it all the examples that the pe that the plague came upon the people and they're getting killed off, uh, or is it just when they're wandering around inside the wilderness? I can answer that question. It's talking about how God said because they didn't believe God and they were always against Him and they were stiff necked, they couldn't enter the promised land. That's what it means. They all died in the wilderness. Everyone that came up from Egypt died in the wilderness. Aside from Joshua and Caleb, and the, and Caleb. Of the people who were inside of Egypt. Yes, and the children born in the wilderness were allowed to go into the promised land. Mm -hmm. Yes, and there wasn't, uh, they weren't all killed at once, which means that denotes the scattering, right? They didn't all drop yes. or all die at the same time. But clearly there was death every day <coughs> as they were going. And again, as you pointed out, Kyla, the why it's because they chose not to believe God. It was being stubborn and obstinate, or as you phrase it, stiff-necked, refusing to just be obedient to what the Lord had, had asked them to do. Our obedience is key. It's, it's required. And not out of obligation, but obedience because of our love for the Lord. That's what matters, and that's what the Lord wants to see. That's what is required of each of us. So, and, and I'll say it in this way, because Paul is still laying out his example, right? Yes. He has been throughout this entire book of Corinthians thus far addressing issues that are being exhibited, practiced, carried out by the church in Corinth. And he is, while bringing up and addressing the issues, now we're also seeing him provide examples of things that he had brought up in the past and already addressed, right? Yes. Demonstrating to the church in Corinth, but I'll say more importantly to us today, right? Most importantly, it applies to us. What is supposed to look like, right? And I give an example. One of the earlier chapters, he says, "Hey, you shouldn't go to the court and uh, have lawsuits against your brothers, right?" But in chapter nine, we discussed how he's laying out almost an entire court case, presenting evidence, giving examples, and actually, chapter ten is a continuation of that. And he's demonstrating, "Hey, this is how you." Uh, I'll say come to resolutions, but how you you demonstrate here's facts, here's evidence of of the word and the nature and character of our Lord and what he requires. And he has required throughout all of time in his relationship with man or mankind. 
right? Yes. And as it comes to idolatry, he's saying we should only be worshiping the Lord. Don't make these same mistakes, right? Which is another, or I'll say another issue that he's addressing. But he's already brought it up, right? Now he's just being more firm on it and providing more proof, more evidence of the Lord's thoughts and his ways concerning idolatry, right? Providing examples of these things that happened in the past, which were written not to condemn those people, but as it, it was just read, it's stated and it's given, it's provided for our example, so we don't have to make the same mistakes. Clearly they were deceived, they deceived themselves by their own lusts, but he's saying we should be aware so he's refuting the lies, the deception, and providing truth to the situation all at the same time, just like a father is supposed to, right? Yes. Which is why he says in previous chapters, you have many teachers, but not many fathers, because that is ultimately the father's role. I can acknowledge and, and hear what someone else said, but then let's also, let's put it to the test. Let's put a light on it. Is it truth? Does it actually hold up? In 1 John, John talks about all the, we'll say the natural states, but it's also spiritual states of coming to Christ. And lastly, he says, and fathers, right? Why? Because a father's job is to you know, teach, train, admonish, encourage a child to grow up in the way they should go so that they don't depart from it. But it's also because they have already walked the walk and are continuing to walk the walk. They are opposing anything that is ultimately detrimental to the life, growth, and development of, well, ch children, adolescents, whether it's an infant, a young or little child, or even a, a young adult. Because they've already lived it out and experienced it. They have both observed and experienced what it looks like to follow the Lord and the fruit that comes from that. And they've already and they've seen and or maybe experienced the consequences of not following the Lord and adhering to truth in their life and in the lives of others. So, just things to keep in mind as we read this section of Scripture and allow the Lord to continue to, to speak and to minister to us. All right? Okay. Okay, then the Lord is talking to me about um, verse 12 where it says, Therefore, let him who think he stands take heed, lest he fall. The Lord was showing that it's not really a bad thing to stand up by yourself, but what the Lord is saying is being hiding going, I don't need anyone else to do to do what I'm doing. But to humble yourself and go not exactly like Pharaoh because Pharaoh didn't humble himself, but humble yourself and go, I didn't do this by my own strength. The Lord helped me.
We should always be humble and recognize and acknowledge God for His goodness, and that is only by His grace and mercy and goodness that we're able to accomplish anything. Do you think He's also talking about um, pointing the finger at them, at the children of Israel, and enlarging the mistakes that they made in our eyes and going, well, how could they do that? And per- taking the perspective that it's, what happened to them was just their their lack of something or their own problems and that we ourselves are not subject to the same things? It could be. So when he says to, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall, do you think he's also saying, look at yourself? Don't be quick to judge and find fault with others because you think you are, what you guys would say, high and mighty but also be aware that you are human just like they are, right? Yes. Okay. And do you think maybe he's also suggesting that, you, suggesting that we pay attention so that way we don't fall into the same places or the same traps that they fell into? Yes. Okay. That was it. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Kyla. Oh, I just wanted to talk up briefly about idolatry. I don't know that if we've ever talked about it on the podcast or not, but it's easy to look at this section of scriptures and say, well, I wasn't worshiping a golden calf or worshiping the serpent like the Israel, the children of Israel were doing. But idolatry comes in the form of anything that exalts itself over the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It could easily, very easily be your education or your status, like your social status or your clothes, or your friends, or your family. And it's a reminder to just be watchful and careful concerning those things, not that you shouldn't enjoy them, but not to let them take over your life in a sense and become your main main focus and the sole object of your affection. Very good. Yes, I, I'm, I'm, we may have mentioned it. Maybe last week we were talking about the Christmas trees oh. and um, <clears throat> some personal testimony on that. But um, thank you for articulating it that way. Anything can potentially become an idol. It's just a matter of how much focus we put on it and where our heart is. Where our heart is, our treasure will be also. So thank you, Kyla. Isla. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, not right this second. Anyone else? You know, there's there's a, um, and we may not be able to get into this in its fullness, um, but as we as we look at the end of this section here, um, specifically um, verse thirteen, you know, uh-huh. um, my version I'm reading from the um, the New International Reader's version. It says, "You are tempted in the same way all other human beings are." I wonder, uh, without offering excuse, because there is no excuse for the existence of God. All you have to do is look at creation, it's there. And of course, then that cries out to, um, if he created it, why and what are we supposed to do with that? So no individual is um, absolved from his responsibility of looking at that. But I I take that verse and um, I look into 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7, and it's talking about how Lot was tormented 
by the lawless and the sensuality of what was going on and how God delivered him from that. And I look at our world today, and I wonder if there isn't a component, especially for our youth, um, that they don't even realize they're being tempted. Um, we're, we're, we're receiving messages. Um, we are literally barraged by messages, depending on what you source you look at, um, the, the thousands of messages that we're getting, marketing messages that we're getting every day. Um, I think the lowest number for most is like 5,000 per day is what the average person is getting. And it's more than that for some, but like the lowest number you'll find is 5,000 messages per day. I saw a, um, a commercial the other day that was um, a, a boy that was probably um, uh, pre, uh, pre-teen, mm-hmm. well, probably maybe close to that or early teen. Um, he seemed to be expressing himself as a male because we know how that's all that whole message there as well. But he was advertising for coach bags and he was carrying a what was would be a purse it looked like a purse and it was round and it had the images of the pride colors on each end of it um expressing you know expressing yourself in whatever way that you think you need to express yourself is okay and that's the message that our children are getting and then there's a um there's a tiktok video that's going around of um i guess of girls coming out it's a song um this one's straight, the other one ain't, or something like that. And so they're using it as a way of, of coming out, and they're being um, praised and heralded for doing that and, and embraced in that. And it's not an embracing of, I accept you for who you are, and you recognize what this means, especially in light of God. It's like, yeah, you're right to think this way, and it's okay. And I just wonder if... Um, because our voices now, if we express anything in the general media, if we express anything that says, hey, this doesn't line up with God's word, it's a hate crime or it's a hate speech. And it's just immediately discounted because of that. And there's no basis for it. And so um, I guess mainly I'm saddened as we read this to think about what the world is being barraged with now that they may not even recognize how tempted to sin that they are and how influenced they are by that. And um, and what do we do in our role? I think first off, we do what we're doing here, right? We express our views, especially as best we can in love because we don't think anything against anyone for that. And then hopefully find ways to direct them back to right thinking, which we would call to righteousness. In other words, thinking the way that God wants us to think, not to limit us, but actually to free us to the fullness that we can have. But um, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of a jumbled thought, but it's just um, it's just really sad to think about the times we're living in, and, and we don't want to get hung up in that because God's still sovereign. Mm-hmm. But what, what do we do with this, the people that aren't even aware that they're tempted? Well, how do we take this message that clearly they are tempted and clearly they need to make some changes? That's a great question. Um, and you brought up a lot specifically. Um, in this and 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 references Second Peter, which is great, and so if we just if we we'll look at that for a moment, right? That's in Genesis thirteen. We see uh, actually it's really five through thirteen. Genesis thirteen five through thirteen is where the lot makes the choice and the decision to separate from Abraham. 
and go in his own land. Now, of course, there were, if you read that on your own, and we won't cover it all here because there's a lot, so I'll just kind of hit some of the main points and allow people to go study that on their own and let the Holy Spirit minister to you with what we're going to discuss here. Um, There were clearly some issues. The Lord had blessed both Abraham and Lot to the point of there was, um, you could almost say, some contention. And, and by that, I mean, there, he blessed them with so much abundance, herds and, and possessions, that they felt they needed to separate <laughs> in order to, to not create issues and offense, if you will. But in verse 10 is the key. And it says, I'll just read that one verse, And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. All right, there's a key there. But like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go upwards towards Zor. And then in verse 11, Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And he journeyed east, and they separated from each other. If we, so I'll say this. So there's a lot lifted his eyes. But then let's let's look. I'll say, compare or contrast that with the Lord and how the Lord operates. All right, and there's scripture in there, and I'll let you look it up. But it says, and he will not judge by what his eyes see or what his ears hear. In this, Lot looked with his natural eyes. And he looked at what he thought he needed, or what he thought it provided him. It looked to be well watered, right? Which is, you know, an abundance of land that was, it looked on the surface to be healthy, to have water to sustain, you know, his, the life of his family, his herds, his crops, and everything else that is needed in the natural, for someone to survive. And to not just survive, but to thrive, to flourish. But if we continue reading in Genesis, Abraham is the person who was blessed. It wasn't Lot. Not that the Lord didn't also bless Lot, but he blessed him, and as a result of his connection with Abraham... And you see that even when he addresses Ishmael and he tells Ishmael's mother to return after she was sent away by Abraham's wife, Sarah. She was treated roughly and she ran away. Right, she was treated roughly, she ran away. But the Lord said, no, 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 return back because you're still going to be blessed by your association with this person, by you remaining the Lord chose to bless Abraham. He made the covenant with Abraham. Now, we all experience the, the, the blessings and benefits of that covenant. But Lot initially chose with his, what his own eyes, natural eyes saw, not what the Lord was speaking and ministering to him. And I say that because if we truly are reflective on our own lives, how many times have we made that same choice? It looks good. It looks like it has what I, what I need or what I want in this moment, that it'll be good for me. 
only to then experience that it's rotted, that it, it doesn't provide life, but it actually takes life from us, that there's a cost that is far more, um, far more costly than we ever thought possible. And, and not just in the activities surrounding Sodom and Gomorrah, but in everything, in every area and aspect of our lives. The ripple effect, if you will. If you drop one drop of water in a bucket, there's a ripple that extends throughout the entirety of that bucket or that space, whatever it is. The same things happen in our lives. One drop affects so many things. So, I'm not saying it to condemn Lot, but so that we understand how many times have we made a similar choice instead of first just seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, what should we do here? Do I bear with my brother and, and do I choose to not be offended? Because right, that's what this whole thing is about, right? Not having idolatry. Lot wanted the, the blessing, the benefit, everything for himself. Well, the blessing, the benefit, all those things the Lord provides, the Lord chose to share that with us. He could have kept it all to himself. He's God. And even as he, you see in, in Jesus' earthly ministry, it was to go and share with others. Share the blessings of the Lord. Encourage another. Rejoice in their blessing. Right? Yes. Okay. Not to hoard or to keep it for ourselves, but to bless others. In, even if they curse us or spitefully use us, or right, it is still to bless them. Well, I can't bless them with, well, I'll say it in this way. The best way I can bless them is by sharing the Lord with them and the blessings and benefits that come from the Lord. That's, that's really it in a nutshell. Ultimately, salvation. Because it blesses and benefits them in the moment, and if they choose to remain for all eternity. And back to what you were saying, Dean. Um, when you look at Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah looks a whole lot like what we would experience today in America. Um, <clears throat> and as you said, honey, Lot was, he was reduced to a much, much more difficult state when he separated from Abraham. But when he came into that community, homosexuality was rampant to the point where they were ready to beat his door down when the angels came to stay with him, if everybody remembers that, um, those scriptures. They demanded to have the men that had come to stay with Lot so that they could know them carnally. And they were angry and riotous. And it seemed like they were what was prevalent, that the angry spirit that was behind that spirit of homosexuality or that was accompanying it, to overtake righteousness and to defile it. And so, in regards to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Mm -hmm. And as we believers are in the world, the spirit of the Antichrist is also in the world. And anything that represent God, represents God, which is righteousness, truth, holiness, 
being set apart for the Lord, loving Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, the enemy wants to try to overcome it and erase it and get rid of it. But greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Okay. And, you know, parents, as you're looking at the world and going, this, what's available, what's being broadcast and shown is overwhelmingly antichrist overwhelmingly unrighteous and ungodly in a variety of ways remember yet and still there's nothing new under the sun if the place that lot was in was so overrun with sexual immorality and wickedness that they were trying to forcibly take people from their homes to rape them male against male to physically violate them Gang rape. Exactly. Gang rape. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, and God still had an answer for it then. So we should be at peace now in the way of trusting who our Heavenly Father is. <clears throat> Excuse me. But also remember that you are the gatekeeper for your kids. I'm not the gatekeeper for my neighbor's kids per se directly, but I have the spirit of prayer. Right? I can, I can go and use my weapons of my warfare. So there's that component. But for your children, guard their gates. Do they need TikTok? What does TikTok have to offer them besides unrighteousness, ungodliness, distraction, and... Well, it's not that it can't be used. Sweetheart. For the word. For, for the word. Things uh, can be. They can but be. what is the actual, like, the reality of things? You're right. What honey. is more prevalent? And and what I'm saying is that is that necessary for their life? Is most of the the barraging of imagery is coming through electronic communication. I'll just put it right there. It's TV, internet, and radio. Right? So radio is not quite as prevalent as it used to be because Right, we're, we're using the internet more so in its place. But similar, let's just call it streaming. <coughs> streaming audio right. then, because it's the same. Right. It's, it's just more available through different channels now than just radio. But exactly. it's still streaming audio. Right. So those are where these messages are coming from. And they, this, there's a lot of good, but also teaching the distinction to our children. We don't just have to leave, lay them out before what the world is doing and say, here they are. When God has made us as the gatekeeper for our kids. So... And our household. So what we put a stop to, what we say no to, God is already backing us in doing righteously. Whatever we bind on earth will already have been bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will already have been loosed in heaven. So, gosh, I want to talk a little bit more about this, but I think we're coming to the end of our lesson for today. So maybe we'll pick back up tomorrow. Yeah, we can absolutely. We'll just have a part two on this section of scripture. So, um yeah, let's pause there for today. There's, there's a lot. Well, let me add something to that as we, as we bring it to a close. All I right, think brother. it may be helpful. So at least as a transition point if you don't listen to anything else. So um, as um, an outsider to the family, um, the physical family of this household, certainly not the family of God, um, looking at um, how this is approached, um, the goal is not to provide all the answers for everything. The goal is to provide a, um, a safe forum to discuss the things of God 
so that we grow in our understanding of him and our ability to represent Christ well. So um, as I post this, I look forward to talking about it more in the future, but I just don't want anybody to get hung up that we have to have all the answers to everything. You know, um, and I'm appreciative for this ministry and the opportunity to, pers- uh, you know, to participate uh, with this family. Thank you for allowing me to do that. And I, I would again encourage all the listeners, um, if you are being blessed by this, um, please reach out, uh, communicate um, how it's helping you, uh, how it could be helping you. If you have suggestions, we'd love to hear them at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. And if you feel the Lord is leading you to support, please uh, consider supporting this ministry with your finances as well. Amen. Well, thank you, brother. And, um, yeah, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. Lord, we just thank you today for today, God, and for allowing us this moment to gather together, God, and that you always provide a way of escape and that you keep those that are committed to you, God, and that you've given us the authority here on earth to fulfill and walk in the command that you've already given God to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. We ask that you keep our listeners and our partners and their families, God, that you protect them, God, and that you give them the understanding, like the revelation to walk and execute what it is you've already said and given them as their God-given rights, God. And we just thank you for it. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.